Hey, just really quickly, this is Scott cutting in before Nolan does his intro to let you know that in a couple days, there's going to be another episode coming out, a special episode. Nolan and I went to the press conference with Rodrigo Lopez and a couple of other uh, guys from the club, and we were able to have a few-minute conversation with them. So we interviewed both Rodrigo Lopez and Mark Briggs. So um, be on the lookout for that. After the audio plays, Nolan and I take about five or 10 minutes to kind of talk about that person and um, what we expect kind of of the upcoming season. So uh, if you like that, let us know on Instagram, Facebook, not Facebook yet. Um, ooh, spoiler. Um, Instagram, Reddit, all those type of things. Um, and we are going to also be at an upcoming media day, which hasn't been announced yet, but it'll probably be toward the end of January. So, uh, we will let you guys know when that is so that you can get your questions into us again, like you did for that upcoming episode. All right. Well, on to the normal episode. Welcome to the 916 Republic Podcast. I'm your host, Nolan. Tonight, we are here to talk about the best Sacramento soccer moments of the past decade. Because there's nothing like bringing in the new decade by talking all about the past decade. Never mind, if I were to hear one more podcast or see another Instagram post about the last decade, I would lose my mind. Instead, the boys <laughs> here at the 916 are going to talk all about the Sacramento midfield. Sitting across from me is one of my best friends from the past decade. He predicted the return of Roro before rumors of it even began to emerge on Reddit. Scott, you are a legend. Mm. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm yeah. good. How are you doing, Nolan? I'm doing good. We're actually sitting across from each other. Like, yeah. Normally, it's Zach and Nolan sitting next to each other looking at me, yeah. but now we're like around each other. Like we're we're around, around a table, table yeah. which is nice. It's much more organic yeah. and natural. I can see Nolan's face. I can. This decade is already getting off to a better start than the last one. A superb okay. Start. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> good. <laughs> Keep good, going. Good, good. <laughs> Sitting to my right is another one of my best friends from the past decade. <laughs> I love him so much. Zach, how are you tonight? I'm doing real good. Wow. Do you remember good. me from the beginning of the decade? I don't think we were friends. I think then. you were just a little egg. You I weren't even in little, California. I was a little lad uh -huh. in the the cold. Minnesota tundra of tundra. Michigan. You always say Minnesota. It's not Minnesota. It's same thing. It's not. <laughs> now it is. <laughs> it's not even like next to it. No. Yeah, yeah, Minnesota, it's the same. Wisconsin. It's the same. A big lake. <laughs> and then Michigan. It's the same. You know what? I'm not doing good. Just no because one. the side on the left of Lake Berryessa is different from the side on the right. Bro, Lake <laughs> Michigan, Lake Michigan is like a thousand times bigger. What about Lake, Lake Tahoe, Nolan? Like just because <laughs> this, the land on the left side of Lake Tahoe is not on the same Would side as the right side of Lake Tahoe. Your faults. Yeah, those are different places, though. Okay, those are different states. But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you would still say I went to Tahoe if you went. <laughs> Side. But if you said I went to Nevada, <laughs> that doesn't mean that you went to Tahoe, which is Zach's point. Yes. He lives on the other so, side. Thank you. You're right. For confirming Nolan, my you're frustrations. Just funny. I, I stay, get it. I stand corrected. <laughs> I get it. I'm just kidding. I'm doing good. Good. Well, let's get into some news really quickly now that you've probably turned off the episode. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, for real. The USL schedule has not been released. People were like, where is the schedule? Where is the schedule? Well, it apparently... Is supposed to be released either 
Monday. So you might be listening to this Monday night, maybe Tuesday mm-hmm. morning. So the schedule might be out. I also have seen something saying that it's going to be released on Wednesday. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, sometime somewhere in the, this somewhere week. this coming week is yes. when we're expecting the schedule. So just keep your eyes open for that. Um, I also saw something that maybe just the home openers are going to be released, which is fine. Like, so we might learn who our first home opener is. Whoop de doo. Uh, Can I just say something about this? Sure. The this seems really late in terms of like a schedule release. How? It's because of Miami FC was added in uh, okay. late, and yeah. y- you have to release the whole schedule at the same. That's just annoying time. when you're trying to figure out away day plans. Like, how do you expect anyone to make it to an away uh, game? I, I mean, you've got two months. That's true. And then if. The later games, you still have six or eight months. Yeah. Still. I don't know. It, it came out about it this time last like, though, year. Yeah. I think like, it came out about this time MLS last year. The schedule is already out. I'm sure other leagues have their schedules out way earlier. Yeah, but Major League Soccer isn't adding a team in, like, November. That's true. And then, like, oh, okay, what are we going to do? Yeah. You fair, know? fair point. Fair point. So, anyway, in other news. Something that's not up in the air. Rodrigo, air quotes, Row, 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 baby. Wow. And air quotes. And air quotes. Lopez, <laughs> club legend, has re-signed with Sacramento Republic Club Football Club. Club legend. I- international legend, okay? Who is Ronaldo, all right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Messi? Am I saying that right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. But you know who Row, row is. But I know who Row, row is. Exactly. And if there is not... Okay. A statue made of this man (laughs) in the new stadium in the old rail yards. (laughs) I will be livid. Okay. Livid. This man, 32 years old, played in Mexico since 2016. He has 20 goals, 19 assists all time for Sacramento. That's two seasons. Two seasons. Short seasons compared to what they are now. That is 39 points in two short seasons. The man can play all over the midfield and he has a cracker of a shot. Uh, oh, I thought you were gonna say of a barrel. Cracker barrel. <laughs> cracker barrel. No, but that is a great restaurant. Oh, it's thank you. That place I hate. It what? You, I, I do. You can get. You can Dude, get. Hold on. No, 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 no. <laughs> We've had this whoa, conversation whoa, whoa. before. <laughs> Nolan, you don't. D- you, you don't, don't like dis- In and Out. You don't. Dis- I like In and Out. Oh, sorry. I don't like. Check that. Chick fil A. Chick fil A. You don't like Chick fil A, yeah, and you don't like Cracker Barrel. I don't like home cooking. You can't. What? Bro, there is no it's place where you can get your grandmama's kitchen, your grandmama's cooking, and also go to a garage sale all at the same time. Yeah, no, it is except a unique, your grandma's house. It is a unique, wonderful experience. I'm just I'm so disappointed in your family. It's not that good. There's no. I went there a ton with my family from Pennsylvania, and they're like smelly old people. So that's why I have such bad, <laughs> oh, <laughs> bad, bad memories. Bad okay. juju there. Okay. Yeah. Well. Roro is here. I bet he likes Cracker Barrel. I bet he does. Because everyone No, he does. doesn't. Everyone likes Cracker Barrel, Nolan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to a great start on <laughs> this, this episode, great, guys. It's you a great what? start of a new decade, everybody. <laughs> when we see him tomorrow, I'm going <laughs> to... Just to clear the air. Do you like Cracker Barrel? <laughs> We've had literally zero questions from anyone <laughs> yeah. about this. But we need to know. Yeah. Roro. This is quality we investigative journalism. Have you been to Cracker Barrel? And did you enjoy yet? your experience? Well, because Sacramento just got a Cracker Barrel like not too long after ago. he left. So, see, it's like, bro, have things. you been? And you should if you haven't. Well, okay, all right, refocusing here yeah. <laughs> on the okay, matters so, at hand. So you were saying he can play all across, really the center center of the midfield. He can play center defensive mid, box to box midfielder, mm-hmm. attacking yeah. mid. Yep. Everyone in Sacramento, 
all the fans pretty much are uh-huh. going to expect him to play attacking midfield, which would be fine. It, that would be amazing. But he can play the other positions. That's what we're play. saying. Yeah. Yeah. He did play six. In, in Mexico, he played primarily holding midfielder. Hmm. Got a red card playing holding midfield <laughs> last year. <laughs> he, did it was he did that, yes. Only yeah, played yeah. in three games. Anyway. It was a, yeah, it was not fair. It, it was a rough season opinion. for the 31-year-old, now 32-year-old. Hmm. But we will talk more about Roro and who he will be playing next to towards yeah. the end of this episode. R- really quick, before we move on, do you guys have a favorite Rodrigo Lopez moment that you've seen uh, or like were I there for? I did not follow the club when he was that's true with the club. So no. But you've watched the you've watched, watched highlights. Like, so like, is yeah. there anything that stand out? Like, wow, that was amazing. Well, I feel like I'm gonna steal it. No, go for one. it. The miracle at Bonnie for me is yeah. the only thing really that I know of him doing and and probably gonna steal i'm not gonna steal the other ones because we were looking at highlights earlier. no that's a great one yeah do, do that's you a, have one that's an amazing one um you know i think the one that stands out is that that half the half field shot against shot. vancouver too r.i.p even it didn't even like he shoots it he's like he's well in his own half mm. and it doesn't even bounce no 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 yeah it goes it right over the net. keeper it was amazing yeah. but also just honestly watching him him and Jeremy Hall, like watching them in the midfield was always just, it was in the little things that you just be like, wow, like they're just so talented and they're just so, they're just like their vision. Like it's something I remember a lot from Roro is his vision is incredible. Mm. And he'd pick out passes, he'd pick out players from like nowhere. And it was amazing. Yeah. I think the thing that sticks out for me from remembering Rodrigo Lopez is his, uh, his, longer like cross field passes we've seen our center backs try to do it we've talked about our center backs trying to do that uh this past season and going back and re-watching highlights from rodrigo lopez i was just reminded like wow this guy really has got a, a wide range of passing whether it's yeah across the field through the lines around a player you know with some curl he loves an outside of the foot flick he like to just like one time just boop right past yeah. you and then keep the you know passing sequence going I, I think his range of passing passing specifically long passes that's what sticks out to me not obviously miracle Bonnie, yes half field you know chip uh wayne rooney style before <laughs> wayne rooney did it learned it from rodrigo lopez probably because yeah. who hasn't seen that goal right exactly all those things are amazing but i think just game in game out you can expect amazing yeah passing mm. Very complete player at the USL level when he played for us. Very complete player. Indeed. All right. I think it's time, boys. I think it is time. time. Speaking of midfielders. Midfielders. Yeah. Yes. We we thought, you know what? We've got Jaime Villarreal. We've got Drew Skandrick. Mm-hmm. And now we have Rodrigo Lopez. Uh-huh. And, and Wheeler Omiunu. Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, can I just say, people yeah. think this Wheeler Omiunu is he's gonna like start and like just like this is the game changer that we've needed at holding midfield. You're wrong. Okay, <laughs> so we we'll get are get we're gonna we'll get talk. Into that. We'll get we are into going that. to talk about some players that we think could come to this club. Yes, and be a game changer uh-huh. at some position in the midfield. Mm. We went primarily like a box to box midfielder or a holding midfielder because. We, we kind of said, like, attacking midfielder, that's kind of maybe more of a forward or winger. You know, like, those are just, those are more attacking. We're thinking a bit more the dirty work mm-hmm. type of midfielder. That's the midfielder we've all 
gone for. So, Nolan, how about you kick us off with your player? Yes, so my player is Alex Cooper. Now, I went for a bit of an emotional, you know, tearjerker of a story by Uh, choosing this player. Alex Cooper played... Did his dog die? No, but his club did. Fresno, <laughs> F- Fresno <laughs> FC no longer are They were the foxes. They were the foxes. So they kind of like a dog died. Yeah, they kind of like a dog died, but a fox. And so, yeah, they're not playing in the league anymore. And any player that did have a contract with them no longer does. And Alex Cooper is one of those players. Uh-huh. There has been no news on any current contract situation with him. So I'm just going to take it uh uh, that he's a free agent. Yeah, that he's a free agent. Yeah. So he's 28 years old. He played for Fresno for two seasons. Uh, before that, he played for the Liverpool Academy. Wow, I love where know, this is headed. We all know how great of a track record <laughs> Liverpool Academy Daniel players Trickett Smith have with Sacramento. Oh my God, I wasn't Bijev. even thinking of Trickett Smith. Okay, so Bijev is like next to Roro on the club legend. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I will fight you. <laughs> uh, so How we, dare you disrespect Needless him. to say, we here at Sacramento love a Liverpool Academy product. Um, oh after boy. I'm going to actually castrate <laughs> you okay. so you can't <laughs> reproduce. Okay. Uh, and after so not a very successful spell at Liverpool, uh, he bounced around the Scottish Premiership, um, the Scottish Second Division, the Scottish Third Division. This is great. Uh, this is going so well. <laughs> and in an 2018, came over to Fresno and uh, was integral to their third place finish in the West this year. So he may he has a pedigree. He has. Um, already gone through the lows of playing in the third division of, of, of and Scotland. he's come up. So you're saying he's already hit bottom. He's, so it's, he's hit it's, it's got to be going up from, upward, here. Only up from okay. here. There's an upward trajectory to his career right now. All right, fair enough. Um, it's unfortunate that his club folded, and I think he would be a valuable addition to the Sacramento midfield. He, for Fresno, he played on the left side of the midfield, the right side of the midfield, at left wing back and at left fullback. So he's extremely versatile. I'm not saying he comes in here and you know. Uh, kicks Jaime Villarreal to the bench or Drew Skundrick, I think that he could be a solid rotation piece for midweek games, for a deep run in the U.S. Open Cup. Um, And he also has a bit of experience that can add uh, a bit of that intangible goodness to the team. So so for a guy that played primarily on the wing, Mm -hmm. you know, left, right, whatever, you're thinking that he can translate into the center midfield position? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, And... Okay, yeah, so I said blah, blah, blah. Skundrick and Villarreal are probably going to be the stars at midfield. Um, and another thing is just because MLS is around the corner doesn't mean that Sacramento should focus only on signing guys that they foresee playing for the MLS team. Like, there still needs to be players on the field for Sacramento that have experience yeah. at the USL level. And mentoring young players. Yeah, yeah no, and um, I think foreshadowing, we all went that route of mm-hmm. someone that is definitely a veteran player has played in this league three, yeah. four years, At least, yeah. and they can just hold down the position. There's not really question marks there. Yeah. yeah. So Agreed. the the potential like best-case scenario I could see if this guy came to Sacramento is that he's relatively old, 28. This year could be one of like his the highest performing of his career. So like he's wise, and he like has all this – the mental – aspect of the game just nailed down but then he has the physical ability to per, to execute um which will begin to diminish as he gets into his early and late 30s um so this could be like his best year at his best potential so we could have a guy in his prime playing for sacramento which would be fantastic the potential Mentoring young guys yeah, yeah exactly the, the like worst case scenario is that 
he's 28. He's burned out from Fresno folding and going through the, dr- the drama with that club, and he just never gets into good form and is a waste of a, of a contract for Sacramento. And perhaps maybe he just doesn't translate well into a central midfielder. That's true. Yeah. So I, I think if the formation suits – I think he'd be great. Like, yeah. like if there's, um, man, I'm tr- I'm trying to think because I I just don't, I don't see him surpassing or surplanting Juan Barahona at fullback. At fullback. Well, no, Sacramento is extremely good fullbacks. Yeah. S- right. So then, essentially, what you're saying is if he's, if he's not a central midfielder, is what I'm saying. Is yeah, he's not. So, I think there's some question marks there, but th- he, I mean, we watched the film. Yeah. I, I, he's very he's very adept at crossing. He he can for sure yeah. whip a ball in with that left foot, and he's got. He, I can't remember. Do you know? How, did you look up how many assists he had? I can't. I, I can't remember. But said just one. watching the film, he yeah. had. He's had the past yeah. couple of years. He's got a, uh-huh. a so, fair few, and we've seen the benefits of that with Sam Warner. And that that was kind of going to be my second point is you already have a guy that can whip crosses in on on the left. So you add another. Yeah, yeah. But I but, think if you look at the highlights, you see a lot of uh, his goal productivity comes from the middle of the park so if you go back to like but he cuts infield yeah exactly if you go to watch um one of his goals from fresno uh against la galaxy 2 i believe he he cuts inside and rips a shot off right from outside the 18 and scores an amazing goal for fresno uh when he played for scotland he cut it there's this like really good game um i forget against who they played it was not a big team um, but it was a really good goal that he scored, and it was like his first senior career goal. Um, and so he yeah. he gets in the attacking third as a midfielder, which I think is important for Sacramento because there was so little uh, attacking product from the midfield last uh-huh. year. Yeah, true. Agreed. So that was my I, – I know that there's concern with him being a more uh, lateral player, and there's concern with about him being able to play in the center of the park, but I think that his ability to – uh, contribute to the attack makes him a valuable piece for for a Sacramento team. And his versatility yeah. is also something I like with a new coach. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on to my player, the man by the name of Colin Martin. Mm. Mm. Just turned 25 years old. He's played both the six and the eight professionally. He was contracted with Minnesota and then loaned to Hartford last year. Uh, he has played for the men's national team at the U-21 level and showed a lot of promise early on in his career. So a little bit of a pedigree there. But he's never really able to establish himself at Minnesota or at DC United, which was the club he was at before Minnesota. Um, but he did show great ability at the championship level with Hartford. I'm going to get a little technical here now, okay? So bear with me. He had a passing accuracy rate of 86.5% on 50.1 passes per 90 minutes at Hartford over the seven games he was loaned there. If he was on Sacramento's squad last year with those numbers, he would have ranked number one in both passes completed per game and pass accuracy. He's also had an 80.4 percentage pass accuracy in opponent's half last season, which is significantly better than Ray Sari, who's the first on our team in that department last year at 74. And only played half the season. And exactly, yeah. And uh, Skundrich, I think it went Villarreal, then Skundrich at second and third, who were like 72, around there, hovered around there. Considerably better than them. And something that 
we as a team struggled with a lot was it's something we talked a lot about was creating positive passes positive opportunities in the final third and that number really stood out to me it's a number that i really like 80.4 is a really good number in that statistical category i like those numbers i like his versatility i like his age he's 25 he just turned 25 he's not too old he's not somebody that's flashy he's not somebody that's going to give you great amazing highlights he is somebody that gives you consistent good accurate passes has good vision and i think in our midfield that's something that we could really benefit from having yeah i agree i I think his major league soccer experience is a big benefit yeah uh i think we've seen todd dunavant want to bring in players that have experience in and around major league soccer whether it's a two team or what what have Uh you um i i do think that there's maybe not enough on the creative and in, in terms of like if nobody else is is making a run like he's not the type of player that'll just pull something out of nowhere no he's not where i think the, which could be the downside yes where i think the the player that nolan talked about is actually maybe a bit more adept at that having he's used to being alex cooper's used to being isolated on the wing and just being told uh-huh. <laughs> figure it out um where maybe the players that we're going to talk about what and you're what you know who you're talking about colin martin and who i'm going to talk about uh-huh. don't fit that uh, maybe as well um but you you know you're right i remember watching colin martin a couple years ago for minnesota hmm. um and and again it, like zach was saying wasn't anything amazing he's not a, a maybe a match winner but you don't need a match winner at every position if he can do a a job better than really ray sorry because jaime villarreal's i think his highest potential is at that number eight position yeah um then that's a great signing in my opinion Uh and i think he at at the very least adds good depth too. somebody that's not too old either yeah yeah and is he under contract anywhere no he was released not he was released by minnesota well his contract ran through 2019, and then they didn't resign him. Yeah, and um, he was with Hartford, and we did watch some of his time with uh-huh. Hartford. Hartford, Hartford were just hot garbage, hot garbage. Mm-hmm. Which is another reason why that eighty point four stood out to me is Hartford could not, the for the life the of them, put anything together in the final third. Yeah, the um, passing accuracy percentage. Part of me wonders how much the reason it's so high maybe because Hartford was pinned back in pinned back in their own half for so much of the time that your your passes in your own half are going to be more uh there's going to be a higher completion rate um than when you're taking But he like still did passes. average fif- over 50 passes a game. Yeah, okay. which is a high number. But yeah, I'm just saying I'd have to go back and and see like where on the field those were yeah. coming um because you're just going to complete yeah, more fair. there's less pressure uh-huh. on you. So sure. and um, and, it, and we've seen it with Sacramento too. It, if you are in the opposing team's half and you're just going fullback center back center back fullback center back center back fullback center back and you're just cycling if he's in that cycle then like if he's constantly just going you know sideways 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 and not making enough penetrating passes because he Mm -hmm. could pass forward to a fullback or he could pass for like yeah there's ways to for those numbers to be Be, deceiving skewed yeah for sure and he 
those numbers are only from seven games. Yeah. So, true. Like, I, I think that kind of maybe helps in his favor to say, hey, in, in, you know, seven games, he did this. But again, in only seven games, the, the, they may, maybe there's just not enough there to see. And then he really he didn't make an appearance for Minnesota in no. Major League Soccer this year. So, yeah, he needs a place to land where he's yeah. going to play. So it he seems to have kind of fallen in that like donut hole area yeah. of like, yeah, like has flashed at the USL level, not good enough at the MLS he, level. He might even be a guy that has to go down to League One to get playing time consistently. He knows he's the locked-in starter it. and then try to move up mm-hmm. to the championship. I think we see from his career that he's a player with a ton of potential. So he yeah. played a, only one year at Wake Forest and then went straight into the yep. MLS. Played um, U21s. Played for the U21s. Yep. There's, there's YouTube footage of him playing for the U21s. Mm-hmm. Don't watch that and think that <laughs> those uh, highlights are It was against France. So yeah, it's not like, like many people had a good game no, against yeah. France. It wasn't. It, I, I just don't think you're going to show that well in a in a international game. No. That was one of And it's a highlight. Like five. He, yeah. You're not looking at his whole film from yeah. that game. He he could have had an amazing yeah. game covering defensively, Yeah, but that's not going to make a two-minute highlight no. or whatever. The, the only comment no. on the video is, I think you should take this down. <laughs> <laughs> was it really? Yeah. It was. Anyway, this that's is hilarious. pretty sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's move on to uh, my player. It is a name that Sacramento fans should remember. Uh, it is Matt LaGrasa. Matthew. Mm-hmm. I think his name is Matthew. LaGrasa. Uh, 26 years old, played in Sacramento in 2016, moved to Reno in 2017, which really hurt my feelings. And then he moved <laughs> to Nashville 2018 and played there last year, 2019 as well. He is, for those uh, dedicated fans that like to keep up on players that have moved on from Sacramento, under contract with Nashville for 2020. Now you're thinking, okay, Scott, what's the whole point? Well, he is a good player. I don't think he is an MLS quality player to to get a thousand minutes uh, he is probably going to be fifth or sixth in the depth chart for central Yikes. midfield uh nashville has already brought in three guys to play that number six number eight role so they uh, got annabelle godoy from san jose dax mccarty from chicago fire and somebody else that i can't remember their name but there's three guys there so I don't think Matt LaGrasa is really going to play yeah. a big role. Going to be the odd man out. And I don't think Nashville is going to keep a USL team. At least, I, I don't know, maybe somebody can fact check me. I, I should have looked that up earlier. But um, even if they do, it might be better for him to go somewhere where he's going to be guaranteed a bit more playing time. Um, so maybe he could come to Sacramento. Now, if you remember his play style, it is high, high, high energy. The kid just runs. He's not a kid anymore. But when he was with Sacramento, it was his first professional year, and he runs and he runs hard. And he runs, yeah, he runs hard. Um, he will take you out. <laughs> he has eighty, or he has eight thousand eight hundred and seventy-five USL minutes. So he's got experience. Oh yeah, uh, and that's across one hundred and fifteen appearances, eighty-five percent pass completion in those four or five seasons, seven goals and eight assists. Um, and he's physical enough to play all positions in the midfield. And, and what I mean by that is if you want somebody to be a, a creative midfielder, he has enough of that eye that he can do it. 
while also not giving up anything defensively. So there are some, you know, attacking midfielders or what have you, where you put them out there to create, but they won't defend a la Bijev up until this past Mm -hmm. year, really. And then there's some guys that are really good at passing, but they're just lacking defensively. Matt LaGrasse can do it all and he's proficient at doing it all. Um, So that's what you're going to get with Matt LaGrasse. Again, it's a bit longer of a shot because he is under contract, but I think alone, and it might be like a mid-season loan. Like we might get him in July or something like that like to kind of Annabelle Sin and right uh, the keeper. Right. So if Sacramento again is serious about um, results, that's what I think could happen. Okay. I don't think it's a beginning of the season type loan. I think Nashville is going to want to see what they have in everyone, and then when they realize that maybe their squad's not good enough and they can't afford to play him then they'll loan him out. That's what I think is going to happen. We saw it with Cincinnati. Cincinnati signed a bunch of these guys from USL, and then we're like, oh, crap. The championship's not as good as Major League Soccer. Mm. And then they loaned some of them out. So, yeah. And Nashville, I just looked it up. Uh, There is no plan of playing in the USL. Oh, good. um, For us. For 2020. Yeah, good for us. Okay. Awesome. So, yeah. So, if they don't have a two-team, I think think it's safe to say that he's – going to probably be available for a loan halfway through the season. And you may, might be thinking like, okay, well, like, what's the point? Well, Nolan and, and Zach presented two guys that are probably going to be signed in the offseason. So I wanted to present something a little bit different, uh, not someone that came from a high pedigree, Liverpool, and I mean, Major League Soccer is higher than where Sacramento is now, but somebody that kind of went the opposite route where they mm-hmm. played in the, um, you know, League Two, aka the PDL, and kind of worked their way up, you know, was with Sacramento and then went to a two-team in Reno and then went to Nashville and now made it into Major League Soccer, but maybe isn't quite Quite there. there. He's he's kind of a tweener. Who knows? He might show because of his work rate. Maybe that's enough for for him in Nashville. I don't think so. I think we could have a good chance of getting him in on loan halfway through the season. Zach and Nolan's players are a bit more immediate. You know, they'll, they'll be signed in the next month type of signing so yeah i like the fact that he has a history with sacramento because i think we see now um and fans loved him too yeah fans loved him yeah and we see now a a trend towards bringing back players who uh get an emotional reaction from the fan base so like when emra clemente came back what was it in 2018 yeah 2017 2018 2018 yeah he came back for it was like the second half half because he was with the la galaxy and then came back came back yep yep, um and so roro cameron awasa cameron Cameron awasa kept around so like this is a a club with a history now and with players that the fans can connect with and so i think that this guy um could be a good signing both tactically on the field but also just uh in terms of fan pleasuring (laughs) (laughs) well and and i don't think he's quite as big of a name as the other three people we listed clearly not yeah he was only he only appeared in 18 games but those 18 games he was amazing yeah Yeah. to the point where at the end of the season who is we were like dude this this guy's a penned in starter next year yeah like we were pumped about that yeah and then he he went to reno and i don't think he had as good of a season in reno it was still good but not quite as good mm. so when nashville came calling it was just a natural let's go switch and i think by the time he had left reno um we had switched coaches so now he doesn't know um our you know the new manager and stuff like that so yeah 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 
I think well put, guys. I, if it, I like it. If anything, I he's very he's a bigger dude. He's more physical. I think that we would really benefit from having that in our. Yeah, midfield. I think he's six foot one seventy five. We have like Roro's five six. Yeah, Jaime Villarreal five five is eight. like three five. He's very small. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Skundrich is bigger, but I wouldn't necessarily he's not say he's like physic- physical. Yeah. It's not really his playing style. He he's not going to intimidate anyone. No, Lagrasa is right, you know, and I think that would be really beneficial on our midfield core. Like sometimes you need. Uh, so okay, I'm gonna use this reference, having not watched any film of him, but I've heard a lot of people say that uh, man, former Manchester United midfielder Roy Keane was just like yeah. gruesome to play against. Mm. Like would just well because he actually clearly destroy people. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But like sometimes, like we used to have that with Ivan Murkovic. Like, yes, the guy would example. literally put you on the ground. To uh-huh. like, he wouldn't just professional foul you. It was like professional foul you with a little bit on top. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, sometimes you need a little bit sometimes of that. You, um, you know, Matt Lagrasa isn't afraid to knock you over, and he's a great player too. Yeah. So yeah, I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. Let's move on, boys. Can I say one thing about Drew Skundrick real fast, though? Yeah, sure. Yeah, go sure. for it. Uh, so I was just. Scrolling through the Instagram the other day, oh. and through I saw the gram. that he got married. Aw, and did you know that his wife is like a U.S. Women's National Team player? No. What? Yeah. Who's his wife? I d- okay, now that you, oh. I thought you would know this already, but um, I, I did see he got married. Yeah, she didn't. Played, she was like at a, she was running a camp with Julie Ertz. Really? <laughs> yeah. She's, didn't uh, Cameron Awasa? Didn't Cameron Awasa? Cameron Awasa got engaged. Cameron Awasa got, got engaged. Okay, I think we talked. We did talk about that. I don't think we talked about Drew. Is locked in. For life. <laughs> Can I just say this? Drew Skundrick looks like the type of guy I would want managing my retirement. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. I trust you. He looks like I he works at Edward Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I trust you with my money, but I don't know if I want to have a super long conversation with you because you you look a little boring. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Like, <laughs> that is like, accurate. The sad thing is he's probably super nice. <laughs> and guys, okay. guess what our next interview is? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Andy Sullivan. Is her name? That's a girl. Okay, okay. Andy. Yeah, she ran a clinic with Rose Lavelle. Sorry. Oh, Rose Lavelle. Yeah. Um, Why wow, you just you just called him boring? She plays for. <laughs> she said his wife's name's a boy name. She plays for. <laughs> Dude, you gotta call like it. Trashing on <laughs> Scundo over here. What what team? What NWSL team is sponsored by Geico? I can't. I can't. <laughs> All of them. I, it's I probably a league wide thing. Badge. It, what color is Spirit. it? Spirit. Spirit. Oh, um, yeah. Washington Spirit. Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's she plays for the DC, not not New York. Or sorry, not not, not the, the state. state. Yeah, she's U.S. Women's National Team apparel. Let me see. Wow, good for her. That could be a youth ah. thing, though. You um, don't know. I don't. Yeah, it could be. See, this yeah. is where our lack. Of, see, once we were like, oh, NWSL is not coming till twenty twenty one or whatever. Like, all right, whatever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he probably we can go back to being misogynist <laughs> pigs for oh, one more year. No, no. That's not true. No more. Yeah. Anyway. Should we mention something about Colin Martin? Should we? Should we Colin bring that Martin? up? Who's that? Did you bring that up? I did not. Should, should we? I feel uh, like we should. I think, we should, I yeah. think it's actually it's super personal important. Life. Yeah, I think it yeah. is. Do you, Colin if Martin, he was your player. Colin this could Martin. contribute to his dip in playing form. It could. Have. Yeah. I don't know. Go well, for and it. Yeah, we talked about that. We talked about him falling in the donut hole. Um, He, uh, last year, came out as gay. Came out um, uh, very publicly. And was very supported. Was very supported by his club. He's also very vocal about it. It was something that like you look him up there are numerous interviews where he talks about it he's very open very candid about it yeah not um, not pridefully vocal either like 
a respectfully humble like yeah. I am doing this because I think it's the right thing to do. And just very much just like, hey, this is who I am. I want to be genuine to to who I am and and uh So so then let me ask you this. It is now 2020. Uh-huh. We are in a new decade. No. If you are Todd Donovan, uh-huh. who is 40s? Late mid mid 30s, mid 30s. Okay. Um does that fact about Colin Martin, and I'm just being honest, does that affect your decision to bring him in to a locker room? And I'm not saying yeah. physically, but I'm saying, do you think as a f- former pre- professional player that Todd Donovan is, that that would have an effect on a locker room? Could that be maybe somehow a knock against him just because the stereotype in professional sports hasn't quite been broken yet. I think Sac- I think Sacramento specifically and and again you said he was well supported. He was well supported by his club. He was. Minnesota did a very good job. Yes. And and Major League Soccer really as a whole did a very good job. I think Sacramento would do a really good job as well. Yeah. I think that's something that they kind of are are also very vocal about supporting and championing championing. So I I don't feel it would be a factor in bringing him in one way or the other. Yeah, I I'm inclined to agree, but I think that but there it is are worth noting. Yeah. there are some I I would have to imagine that there are general managers in world football that would not bring in a player that is openly homosexual oh, yeah, because absolutely. they feel like their their excuse at least would be it, it's negative attention to the locker room. I would say probably most that leagues. It's BS in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. Um, because you, as a professional footballer, you have negative attention even when you're playing well. Yeah. So you just got to learn to manage that. But I, I just wanted to put it out there. Yep, um, definitely worth noting. And if he doesn't get picked up, and he is a talented player, but if he doesn't get picked up, um, I don't think it's for that reason. I just kind of wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, put it out there. Put I think that's fair. I, I think he he would do very well in Sacramento. Yeah, Sacramento is a beautiful city. You should come. Yeah, agreed. Indeed. We have a good uh, good spot for you right now with our MLS bid coming. Yes. All right. Transitioning into the final segment final of bid. this podcast, we will now project our starting eleven. Yeah. Nolan, would you like? To do the honors, starting so, us off. As of now, not using the players that we've speculated could come to Sacramento. Mm, good Just point. only using players that are currently on Sacramento Public FC contracts. I have assembled my starting 11. So Give me, give me your back line. In goal is the man, <laughs> Rafa, Rafa Diaz. Diaz. No, no, just Rafa. Rafa! And then everyone's <laughs> supposed to be like, <laughs> and then uh, on, it, at fullback, I have Juan Verajona and Jordan McCreary. At center back, I have Deckel Keenan and Matt Mahoney. Most stellar. Easy. Stellar lineup. Real hopeful there. Only because they are the only. Honestly, I should have put Hayden Sargis. That's the center back. That's up to you. This is your yeah. starting 11. Anyway, no, Deckel Keenan and, Matt, and uh, Matt Mahoney are my starting center backs. Drew Skundrick and Wheeler, Wheeler, Omi. Wheeler. Wheeler Omiuni. Ooh, bold. Starting in a two-man midfield pivot. Okay. Sam Warner will play on the left wing. Rodrigo Lopez will play in the center attacking midfield position. Villian Bijev will play on the right. And Cameron Owasa will play as the striker. 
and we it would be great if Sacramento could sign a starting goalkeeper and maybe one or two more. Okay, so so what is your formation, really quickly? Uh, four two three one with Gundrick and Wheeler Omiunu playing in the, the two man midfield. No, like okay, six and eight, six yeah. and an eight. Okay, yeah, 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 okay. Okay, Zach, do you are you pretty close to that? Are you going to edit some things? What are you going to do? Well, Scott, completely new I formation. One one five. One one five nine. One. One, that's not even one, t- five. Five, players. Five, six, How many seven. you got left at that point? Uh, we have a goalie, so <laughs> that's, that's four that'd be eight. So you have <laughs> you got three more left. players. <laughs> one, one, five, three. Yeah, I like it. We're rolling with it. You got a one, one, one. Dang. Anyway, Scott, I think a lot of my opinion hmm. has been formed based on your opinion. Uh, so I'm I think sorry? it would be only fair to let me if go first. You went okay. first, and then I went. Okay, so. It uh, it's hard for me to make a formation and a starting eleven, um, void of any bias from what I think. Mark Briggs, the new head coach manager, is going to do. Ah. I don't think Mark Briggs is going to play. Roro, club legend Rodrigo Lopez mm-hmm. as a number ten. Ballon d'Or twenty twenty winner. <laughs> okay do hey, you know hey do you know, he would have to get called up by the u.s men's national team and lead them somehow to a world cup in 2020 that isn't happening that like that's how well yeah. rodrigo like he would have to it play would so have to well be fiction yeah it would have he would have to play so well that fifa's like dang we got to see a world cup with this guy before he dies yeah. let's schedule one <laughs> I in Iran, <laughs> because why not? Be. why not? We'll stop. We'll prevent <laughs> war and bring people together over soccer. Oh my no, um, no, no. no. <laughs> so I, I think that Mark Briggs remembers what it feels like to be an aging player, mm. and not only an aging player, but a player that played at a higher level than what is the USL Championship. So super talented. Mm-hmm but you just don't got the legs anymore. So I don't think he's going to ask Rodrigo Lopez mm-hmm. to cover quite as much ground as you need to cover For a ten. as a, as a 10. Okay. I think he's going to ask him to sit a little bit deeper and dictate play. And you might be thinking like, wait, what? Okay. Rodrigo Lopez pretty much his entire career before coming to Sacramento, he played a six or an eight. Hmm. He, he was never really asked to play the 10. He said that in an interview, like, I wasn't asked to play more attacking until I came to Sacramento and Preki asked me to play more attacking. Um, so he's completely comfortable with it. That's what he played in Mexico the last few years. Okay, he only played three games in Mexico last year. He played the six, yeah. Yeah, but the the years previously in the second division and the first division, he, that's what he played. He played defensive midfield. So I'm going to go with a 4-3-3. Three, three. Um, I'll go with the same back line for now. Mm. I actually don't know if another center back will be signed. I, I've said that before. I don't need to say that again. We'll move on. Same goalkeeper again. I think a goalkeeper will be signed. Um, but my midfield is going to be Rodrigo Lopez at the six. And then I'm not going to have a number 10. I'm going to have two eights. And those eights are going to be um, Skundrick and Villarreal. If there is an upgrade to be made, I think it's probably Skundrick. And you could go slightly more attacking. But that'd be fine. And then my wingers are going to be uh, on the left, Werner, and on the right, Belmar, because you don't bring in a player like Belmar to not start him. Mm. And then Cameron Wassa up top. 
I think there's enough creativity with those three that you don't need a traditional number 10. And if I'm honest, the traditional number 10 is kind of a dying thing in traditional football. True. So I think you could just say, you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to have such amazing passing and movement off the ball that we don't need one guy pulling strings. What we need is three guys pulling 18 different strings to make it all work at the same time. That's what I think Mark Briggs is going to do. I could also see the formation changing slightly to maybe it's more of a 4-1-4-1. I could, Mark Briggs, I I think at times with Salt Lake has used three center backs. I don't think we're there yet just because we don't have three center backs on the roster, but we could play something similar to that if we need to. He loves to use wingbacks to be a big part of the play of the uh, of the offense, um, and I think we have the fullbacks to do that. Maybe not McCray as much, but definitely Barahona. So that's what I think is going to happen, and what that's going to do is it's going to push Barahona up a lot, and it's going to pull Werner in centrally a little bit more, similar to what Aliman did. Um, and then that leaves Belmar kind of isolated out on the right. Um, and then you let the midfielders just interchange as they will. So with that three in the midfield, now they can, depending on, you know, what happens, you can have Villarreal drop back and play the six and Probar play more forward when you need him. You can have Skundrick play more forward and the other two drop back. Mm-hmm. You can have um, Villarreal push forward because he did that at times last year, not very successfully, but he can do it. So, that's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. I don't know what changes you want to make, Zach. I All right. I'm very torn, okay? And I'll walk I'll walk you through why I'm torn, okay? I on face value, if Roro still got it in him, a front 4 of a 4-2-3-1 with Awasa up top, Warner on the left, Belmar Belmar on the side. And Roro in the 10, that sounds amazing to me. And what we've struggled with for so many years now is being able to finish in the final third and to have four people up top that can that are all strong, good finishers, playmakers. That is sounds really enticing to me. Okay? So that's one end. Now on the other end, everything you everything Scott's just said makes a lot of sense, okay? Especially with Roro being older. So and and as, especially when you couple it with the fact that we have two fullbacks that are very very strong. We have two really good fullbacks. So if you put together a 4-3-3 like you've said, a flat 4-3-3, you put a lot of value on your fullbacks, which I like because we have great fullbacks. So I guess I, I don't really have an answer, but that's kind of where I'm at. Like that's kind of where I'm torn. And that I think comes down to where's Roro at? Where is he with his legs? Where is he with his talent? Where's he at? You know, cause a four, two, three, one with those four up top sounds really good to me. Yeah. And when, you know, okay. Zach is very openly uh, a Liverpool fan. So yeah. like when we were talking, he was like, Oh, that sounds a lot like Liverpool. I think Mark Briggs's style is a bit more Pep at Man City, Pep okay. Guardiola. Like, um, 
He's bald. <laughs> He's bald. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, I, I think it's a bit more getting your important players in the half spaces. So, okay, this is going to be a bit more tactical, but um, if you imagine the field cut into thirds vertically and then thirds horizontally, um, like the final, th- that's where we get like the final, final third, third, right? Yeah. The attacking third. So that middle third, uh, that that middle section of the final third, so like the top of the 18 yeah. yard box, and then like 10 yards, 15 yards past that. If you go to the outside edges of that zone, that's that's where Pep Guardiola likes to get his dangerous players. That's where they can lay passes off to the fullbacks or the wingers outside. They can slip people, you know, an on-running midfielder. And they can slip a, a chip a ball over or whatever to a to a forward. There's a lot they can do from that space. A lot of different types of passes. I could very well see Sacramento playing a Pep Guardiola esque four three three with Row Row and Drew Skundrick or Row Row and Villarreal. I think it Row Row and Skundrick make sense, and then you have Villarreal just shutting down counterattacks. And Golo Conte esque shutting down color okay. you know, counterattacks. Okay. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, if you want him to be a bit more attacking. And then this way you you don't put all the onus on him. You have another midfielder, which in this case we would equate to David Silva, who like David Silva does David Silva's at Man City is great, but he's not Kevin De Bruyne. Like Kevin De Bruyne is a world class player. Like if you had to create a starting eleven for the world, he's probably in it because he's that good yeah. at what he does. That if you put Roro in that Kevin De Bruyne role in this type of four three three with wingers staying wide and being able to run onto balls, but also um cutting balls back on the floor for a finisher like Cameron Awasa, who Hayden Partain told us, like he, he just sniffs out goals. Like he just knows when to finish, like knows where to be and knows how to finish. So he actually is has the physical stature of a guy like Sergio Aguero, like short right. to the ground, like gets balls into the goal from improbable angles, like a very, very uh, just, just a goal driven yeah. striker. Yeah. So, so all of that is to say, I don't think Rodrigo Lopez can't do that. Mm. I just think better for suited. F- really for his legs, it, what I'm picturing for the entire season, uh-huh. I don't think he can run that hard anymore so fair enough if you drop him a little bit deeper and then ask him not to do as much running i think it'll be better for the team long term as the season goes on and we could talk all about this you know all we want there are serious question marks at center back that i am very very much worried about all right well that is going to be the end of this episode we've had some uh, technical difficulties uh, this episode so sorry if uh, it was a little quiet, but uh, Nolan and I will be back in a couple days to discuss those interviews like we said. All right. Well, as always, glory, glory, Sacramento. Sacramento.